They saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. They took note that these men had been with Jesus since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them. There was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then confer together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle. And we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Amen. The grass withered, the flower faded, the word of our God shall stand forever. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this awesome opportunity to stand here on this Lord's Day behind this sacred desk one more time to preach your gospel, to preach your word. We pray, God, that you take my mind and think with it, take my mouth and speak with it, and that the compassion of Jesus Christ would flow from my heart. We pray that the word would go forth, that it would touch heaven, torment hell, and transform hearts. Hard hearts, God, as only you can do it. We give your name glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep on your seats. I want to tag this text and talk about we have the power. Come on, touch somebody and tell them. We have the power. Now, a little more enthusiasm and excitement. We have the power. We have the power. We have the power. I love the book of Acts. It is the record of the history of the early church and its beginning. And it starts out with those days following the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. How Jesus told his disciples, he told them to wait in Jerusalem until he sent them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they waited and they prayed and they prayed and they waited. And eventually the Holy Spirit came upon them. And we read about it in Acts chapter 2, this new power made them into a new people. They shared their possessions. They ate meals together. They experienced together day by day the signs and the wonders of God. And God continued to add to their numbers each and every day. Everything Jesus told them that he would do while he was with them came to pass. After he went back to heaven, Jesus said that he would leave his disciples with his peace. And he did. He said that he would not leave them comfortless, and he did not. He said, as was just mentioned, that if they waited on the gift of the Holy Spirit, then they would receive power from God. Yeah. Somebody say power. power. And according to Acts 3, this is exactly what happened. Acts 3 is essentially uh, to our understand is really essential to our understanding of Acts 4. Because we read that, there, that one day, Peter and John, you know the story, were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, which would have been about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and faithful Jews prayed at regular intervals throughout the day. And so they ordered their lives around the rhythm of prayer. And therefore, Peter and John made their way to the temple to pray. And at the exact time 
they, at the exact time they were going into the temple to pray, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate to beg from those who came in and out of the house of God. And beloved, God has a way of making our paths cross with other people at the right time, at the right place, in order to accomplish the purposes of God. Now, we don't always know why God allows us to meet certain people, but God does. And beloved, if we keep our eyes open, we will experience encounters that we did not plan, which are God's way of putting us in the right place, come on church, at the right time and for the right reasons. All we got to do is to be open to the very thing that we think we are doing for no reason at all. And it may be that God uses that very instance, that very moment, to do more than we imagined or expected. Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer. And that was precisely the time a man who was lame from birth was being brought and carried, laid at the gate, to beg for people who were coming in and out. Now this wasn't the first time he'd been at the gate begging, nor was this the first time that Peter and John had been at the temple to pray. But this was the day for God to do something that no one had ever seen before. You're not feeling me. And Luke tells us that when Peter and John got to the gate, the man saw them and they saw the man. And we've had that experience before, that awkward moment, you know it, when you see someone you may not necessarily want to see, and when you see someone you may not necessarily want to see it, they see you at the same time. Yeah. Come on now, you've been there. It, it doesn't have to be a beggar, but it's always a bit awkward. <laughs> Peter and John looked at this man, and the man looked at them and begged for money. And as he asked from everyone, and what happened next? proves that Jesus made good on the promise to give power. Yeah. Peter said to the man, he said, look at us. And the man asked Peter and John for money and Peter said to him, look at us, look at us, look at us. Silver and gold, we ain't got none of that. But what we do have, we give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Because I had a preacher church. The Bible says that they took the man by the right hand and helped him up and immediately the man's legs were strong. Yeah. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, and all three of them went into the temple while they left and praised God. I feel like preaching a little bit. People saw that man and, and knew that this was no imposter, but that this was that same man who had once been begging at the gate by almost any measure church. Today was a good day. A, a beggar was delivered from begging. A lame man had been enabled to walk a good day. Peter and John had put into practice the healing ministry that Jesus gave to them a good day. God was getting the glory and the name of Jesus was being praised. Somebody say good day, good day. Peter and John were no longer frightened disciples hiding behind locked doors. Now they were living with confidence, living with courage. They were speaking boldly in the name of Jesus. They were healing people in the name of Jesus. 
Listen, beloved, we got to understand that healing, watch this, is a sign of God's kingdom. Uh, you better preach up in here. I said healing is a sign of God's kingdom. I believe he's healing somebody right now. He's passing by. You better claim your healing in the name of Jesus. You better claim it. You better speak it. You better receive it. Healing is a sign of God's kingdom. It's wonderful, church, that we come to work. It's wonderful we sing songs like that we like to sing. It's comforting that we can enjoy fellowship. That we have, but what we have, we done if nobody else is being healed. You, you, you didn't hear me. I, I said, it's good that we come to have church. Huh? But what, what if nobody is being healed? You didn't hear me. Huh? Our bodies is not always cured of every disease. But that doesn't mean that healing cannot happen and does not happen. Some of you can testify today that you're here today and you're here because the Lord healed you. The doctor don't get the credit. The nurse don't get the credit. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for nurses. We can't even give credit to the, to the medicine, to the pharmacy. But we can give credit all to God because it was nobody but the Lord that touched us, that healed us. When the doctor said no, God said yes. When the doctor gave up on you, God said I ain't through with you yet. And he healed your body and you walked up in the 2574 Eden Terrace in Rock Hill, South Carolina, strutting your strut, walking your walk, not because you are full of yourself, but because you want the people of God to know that I'm here because the Lord healed my body. Anybody here want to testify? Can I pass you a mic? Can you pass it around and give your testimony that the Lord healed your body? Sometimes people are healed. See, listen, healing happens in a whole lot of ways. Sometimes people are healed But sometimes people are healed spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. We got people who need to be healed from the sting of domestic abuse and emotional neglect. We got people who need to be healed from broken hearts and from the scars of discrimination. We need healing from guilt and fear. If I call your name, you ain't got to raise your hand. The Lord sees it. We need healing from the negative words that people have said to us and the lies they told us. Healing, healing church needs to happen so many different ways. So God used Peter and John as a vessel for physical healing. They did not have silver and gold, but they did have God's power. And beloved, the good news of this text, the good news of this text is that we do not have to think that we are powerless today. We do have power. When we speak of power this morning, we don't speak about what the world necessarily calls power. That kind of power is often the kind of power that revolves around domination and control. But the power that we have and that we need from God is the power to flourish, the power to thrive. Nobody just wants to survive. Come on here. You're not listening. I said nobody just wants to survive. Survival is not really enough. 
but God will give us the power to thrive. I don't want to survive. I, I, I want to thrive. God gives power to every one of his children to thrive. Come on. I don't want to survive. I, I want to thrive. God gives power for marriages to thrive. God gives power for us to grow older and still thrive. God gives power for us to have problems and yet still thrive. Look at these two saints of God who are celebrating 80-some year birthday and yet they are still Some of the 
the religious leaders saw Peter and John in action. They didn't like the change one bit. No, no, no. People find it hard to embrace change. Oh, you done set something up in here. When they have to be the one to change. Oh, you get quiet. I need to hang out there a little longer. But you get quiet. And let me know I'm right where I need to be. People find it hard to embrace change because they get comfortable and they get they start chilling like they land back in the easy chair. Sipping herbal tea, watching table. But my God, my God. Ain't nobody working with me over here. They find it hard when they have to be the one to change. Therefore, life requires courage. We're going to follow Peter and John. Amen. Y'all remember Dr. Martin Luther King? Dr. King and his comrades were not, they weren't a serious threat uh -huh. until their protests started producing change. Uh -huh. As long as they were simple little church folks singing and praying, uh -huh. everything was all right. Uh -huh. But once praying became marching, uh -huh. and marching became a movement, and small wins became potentially big political and legal victims. Then Dr. King and others lived with a bullseye on their backs. We cannot forget that history has somewhat domesticated Dr. King. History has taken the rough edges off of him and his challenging words and polished them so people won't be offended. But in his lifetime, Dr. King's peaceful protests and prophetic sermons about love and justice were so unsettling to the establishment that the FBI director, J. Edgar Hoover, tapped phone lines and sent undercover agents to infiltrate the civil rights movement. You ain't listening. And for this reason, Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech in Washington really wasn't his most radical work. His most radical work was his effort to organize poor people and sanitation workers. And his enemies knew that if he could organize poor people to stand up for themselves and demand what the Constitution said they deserved, then nothing in this country was going to stay the same. It was Dr. King. Who said that a man cannot ride your backs if it's not bent over? He knew that they had power within them. And his knowing threatened the status quo and deeply disturbed the crowd that preferred things to say the same. And church, we ought not ever forget that. Because that's really the problem that Peter and John are facing in Acts. Preach easily. The priest came and the chief priest came and the Sadducees and the temple gods came because Luke says that they were greatly disturbed by what the apostles were doing. Uh -huh. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Why would they be disturbed by lame people who can finally walk? <laughs> I don't mean to bore you this morning. I said, why? Why would they be disturbed? By lame people who can finally walk. Why would it matter to them that folks who are down on their luck can get back up again? But watch this. People will always be disturbed when our awareness of the power we possess makes them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Come but you, you, you didn't, that didn't register. I can tell. People will always be disturbed when our awareness of the power we possess makes them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. 
success or your strength or your blessing or your dreams make someone uncomfortable, you will experience resistance and opposition. But let me encourage you today, beloved, do not hide your competence and do not stump down your dreams inside of you. Do not shrink yourself down to other people's small expectations. Ain't nobody working with me. Do not come down to their level. Do not reduce, come on, talk to me somebody. Do not reduce your dreams, your vision, your goals in life, your people. Come on now, if you smart, don't be around there trying to be cool and hang out with the crowd, but you won't repeat that grade and you may not graduate. You better rise to the top and be who God has designed you to be. Arthur Mary Ann Williamson written about this in the most powerful way. She says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. She said, it's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be? Brilliant. Who am I to be gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? <laughs> you ain't killing me. Come here, you are a child of God. Let me say it again because you missed it. I said, you are a child of Say your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine just like little children. We were born to manifest the glory of God within us, and we let our light shine. We unconsciously give people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates other people. Let me just say a word to any young people here this morning, any high school, college people here today. If you know you are intelligent, don't pretend to be ignorant. Uh, don't, don't try to be, don't pretend to be ignorant just to be popular. Sam Hill with the rest of them folk. Come on now. Because one day, the people who are popular will wish they had your intelligence. You put that on the way home. Peter and John disturbed the priests and the Sadducees because they started to live like they had been liberated from their fears. And when a person can let go of his or her fears, they will discover a new power. Peter and John had cast aside their fears of persecution. They were starting to live like they were born to manifest the glory of God. They weren't afraid of their light their talent, they were beginning to believe that they really did have power. Beloved, here's what we need to know. That whenever we follow in their footsteps, we got to understand that the power we have from God can give us confidence in the face of criticism. That's it, that's it. Watch this. Criticism, can I talk to y'all this morning? Criticism comes from one or two reasons. It comes from what we've done wrong and what we've done right. Yeah. Yeah. You're quiet. You're quiet. Huh? Yeah. 
I said it comes from what we've done wrong and what we've done right. So when we are unafraid, we can handle criticism under both sets of circumstances. Let me help. See, if I cannot handle criticism for what I've done wrong, then I cannot improve. If I cannot handle criticism for what I've done right, then I'll lose heart in the struggle. Listen, anybody who expects to do anything ever at all has got to learn how to handle criticism. You're going to have some critics just as sure as you're going. Come on. Luke says, we're going to sooner that people praise God for the healing of the lame man. The religious leaders called the meeting to challenge and criticize the apostles for healing this man who'd been born lame. Luke says, the captain of the temple police seized Peter and John, put them in prison to hold them overnight. It was too late to convene the Sanhedrin council. The Sanhedrin was this 70-member council that made decisions on important religious matters. And Luke tells us who was at the meeting. He says, he says, this is what Luke says. He says, the next day that the rulers were there, the elders were there, the teachers of the law were there, they all met in Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Listen, he said, Anosh, the, the high priest, uh, was there, but he wasn't really the high priest. He was more like the high priest emeritus. Caiaphas was there, John Alexander, who we know nothing about was there. Peter and John were brought before all of them. And the seat had Sanhedrin was seated in this semi-circle. So Peter and John would have to face the entire group at the same time. And once they were all in place, the criticism started. They began to ask them why they were doing what they were doing. What name they were doing it in. Peter and John had a life of ministry ahead of them. They had a future serving God. And one of the things that, had, that they had to learn how to do from day one was to handle criticism. Beloved, there is no leadership that you can offer in the church or out of the church that will not at some point be criticized by someone. You ain't feeling me, but I'm going on for myself. Let me say that again. You you see, don't be a parent if you don't want to be criticized. I think you get it there. Because when kids are young, many times they go through a season when they think their parents are the most uninformed, ill-equipped people on the planet. Huh? I got hit with some parents up in here. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Their parents, they think their parents don't know nothing at all. That's right. And whatever they do know, if they figure it's about 20 years out of date, and with that mindset, the child may not say it out loud. At least you didn't say it and call that nigga in this house. You didn't say it out loud. They walk up to their room criticizing you for what you are doing. It's the same at Don't be a manager of people. For God's sake, don't be a manager of people. You don't have the confidence to take criticism. Don't be an administrator. Don't be a nurse. Don't be a barber. Don't be a beautician. Just don't be. Every worthwhile work comes with the guarantee of criticism. By someone at some point. Some of it's justified. And some of it ain't. But you will be criticized. But I'm glad today. Preach Carl Easley. That Peter and John knew how to handle. Their criticism. With confidence. I got to get out of here. Listen. But the reason why I'm dwelling on this. Is because criticism actually affects. 
the way we think. Listen, listen, this is research, this is science. Some people internalize criticism. They hear it and they start beating up on themselves. Putting themselves down on the inside. That ain't the way to go. Some people hear it, they convince themselves that other people are the root of the problem, so they never grow from it. Some people become defensive and say that the critic doesn't know what he or she is talking about. But Peter and John, Luke says, was so filled with the Holy Ghost that their response was guided by God. They didn't lose faith, they didn't lose heart, they remained confident. Somebody say confident. They didn't lash out, they did not withdraw, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had a fresh fire. So in the face of an attack, they were unafraid. And the obvious question for us this morning is how did the apostles get this power? Come here, I'm glad you asked. How did they have the fortitude to stand in front of a 70-member council? Now, now you, don't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. That's two on 70. And yet stand in Yeah. Sanhedrin would tell them they had to stop healing. God stopped preaching, teaching the name of Jesus. How did they have the faith to believe that even though they did not have silver and gold, but they could do something that mattered for the layman? Look at verse 13. I'm still in the text. After Peter speaks with his hand, he and the Sadducees and the scribes and the chief priests realized that Peter and John had a courage that could not be contained. But even though they were unschooled, and unlearned, even though they were just ordinary men, which meant they had not been to rabbinical school, which meant uh, that they did have one thing going for them that always gives us power. Yeah. Luke says that the Sanhedrin saw the courage of Peter and John took note that these men, watch this, the text says that they noticed that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah. 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 That much the Sanhedrin, that much they had like Peter and John. Uh-huh. They've definitely been with Jesus. Uh-huh. And beloved, there's nothing that will give you and I more confidence and courage like the power that comes from being with Jesus. Yeah. Help me here, Lord. Peter and John knew what would happen to a person that close to the and connected to and stands alongside of Jesus. They had been with him, they walked with him, they served with him, they sat beside him, they learned from him. They've been with Jesus. They had once been with Jesus in a storm in a boat. Yeah. Winds and waves came crashing down over the boat. They asked Jesus if he can, woke him up. And Jesus woke up and spoke to the storm and said, peace be they had been with Jesus. They had been with him on a mountain when he had transfigured before them. His face began to glow with the glory of God and his clothes became as dazzling as white. They had been with Jesus. They had been with him when a widow in a little town called Nain was going out to a funeral for her only son. Jesus stopped the procession, put his hands on the casket, and the young man set up and began to live. They saw with their own eyes they had been with what can happen when you have been with Jesus? Well, nobody's feeling And church, if you and I will have hope for the future, then we cannot forget where our power comes from. Yeah.
the power that we need yeah. will come from Jesus. with Jesus. Yeah. Gotta get out of here. How can you be with Jesus? Good question. Meditate on his word in the moment. Reflect on his word in the evening. Come into his presence with gladness. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. And spend some time with the Lord. That's what we got to do, church. When, when we see the Lord for who he is and, and recognize him like Peter and John did, then we'll have confidence in the face of opposition because we will remember that God will defend and deliver us. Can't you see Dr. King? John Lewis? Hundreds of marchers? Can I talk about it? Making their way across the Edmund Pettus Bridge on March 7, 1965. Confronted by violent forces, officers of the law, on a day known as Bloody Sunday. You think that after that terrible day, the pain and defeat, the marchers would have retreated to submission, but they had been with Jesus. They knew that their God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob would not fail to defend and to deliver them. And so they came back again, watch this, on March 21st. And this time they had a judge to rule in their favor. They, had, they, they, they could march across the bridge. They marched 12 miles a day from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. And the original 600 marchers turned into a crowd of 25,000. By the time they got to the capital, you have to wonder why in the face of belly clubs and tear gas and ordinary people like you and me, why they didn't turn around? Why didn't they retreat? Why didn't they continue to say we shall overcome and walk mile after mile? Why did they think they'd be safe? Marching across a bridge made in honor of the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Maybe they read Acts chapter 4, 18 through 20. Because the story I read says that the Sanhedrin threatened Peter and John. They said, don't you go out preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. They threatened Peter and John and they said, they'll punish, we'll punish you if you just stay in your place, preacher. If you just stay in your place, Peter. If you just stay in your place, John. But Peter and John decided that they would rather listen to God than listen to the Sanhedrin. Because they said if we are the Lord, the Lord will defend us. The Lord will deliver us. They looked at those folks and said that. Said what is right to listen to you or to follow our God. We may not be where we want to be, but we've got power today. We've got the power. We've got the power of faith. Can I close here today? Faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. I said, We got the power. We got the power of His love. And I am persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. We got the power of truth. Know this that when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. We got the power of unity because our house united cannot fall. We got the power, the power of hope with God. 
Young people, we got the power. There's power in the name of Jesus. Power in his name. Come on, step to your feet. There is a name I love to hear. I love to say its word. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Come on, church. Oh, how I love Jesus. Come on. Thank you. 